There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an on-demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. Would you repeat the topic with me, please? Say, dreaming again. This is a year where we're going to tackle the question, how do you dream again? That's our question for the year. I try to answer one question a year. How? How? How do you start over again? What do you do to reignite your life? It's easy, believe it or not, to lose it and to lose faith in yourself, lose confidence in your future. You can doubt yourself for all kinds of reasons, and you must fight that off. You can live in the past. You can live in a constant state of what I should have done, could have done, would have done. And lose sight of what you can do in the future. And so today, I want to take you on a journey. Now, because it's this holiday season, I, I need to read a verse. It's not in your notes. I'll read you Luke chapter 1, verse 26 in a minute, which is in your notes. But look at, if you can, if you have a Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it's one of those verses you just got to read on, on this, this week. Here's what it says. It came to pass in those days that the, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, that all the world should be registered. The census first took place with Quirinius was when Quirinius was governor, while Quirinius was governing, governing Syria, rather. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothing and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This is a woman in the middle of a dream. A dream that's beyond anything she had imagined. This is a woman now who is adapting to a dream all she wanted was to be married to this man and have children and live a normal life. That's all she wanted. But now she's having to adjust her dreams because something's happened. And so I call this sermon, repeat it with me, please, say adapting to a bigger dream. The dream she had was one thing. The dream God had was another. Sometimes you have in your mind what you want, and sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong. There's a book that I want to introduce you to. You know, I like to introduce you to books. This is a book called Canoeing. <laughs> it's called Canoeing uh, the Mountains, Christian Leadership and Uncharted Territory. Um, it's uh, my book of the season, I call it, because uh, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's two months. I just call it the book of the season, so you can keep checking my website to see what's new. Uh, there is uh, a couple of areas. One, if you go to resources on my website, rickytemple, R-I-C-K-Y-Temple.com, you click on resources there and click on read with the pastor. There's a list of books that I've been, that I have that you can read. And there are videos attached to each one. So if you don't want to read it, you can just watch the video for four or five minutes and say, I got it. That's it. But if you are a reader, you can read along with me. But this is the main page book. And this is uh, one that, that speaks to the issue of the future, because what he basically says is um, when you are rowing, you are rowing forward and you will never have again what was behind you. It's behind you. 
And you can't go back to that. Now, in your notes, I did put a quote there, but I did not put all the quote I should have. So I, I added a little bit. So I, the word adapting will come up in your notes in a minute. But follow me first, and I'll read a little bit before we get to the part that you have. It says, according to Ronald Heifetz and Mary Linsk, adaptive leadership, everybody say adaptive leadership, is about finding the best known or most available fix to a problem. So you're trying to adapt to a problem. You're trying to figure out a way, and that's what Mary is doing in their story. She's got a new life. She is now walking down a new path and must adapt to a new life. So adapting to uh, the changing environment, your note says, are circumstances so that the new possibilities arise for accurately seeing, say seeing, understanding, facing challenges with new actions. That's what adaptive leadership is. In her life now, she has a new dream she's got to adapt to. And just as an organiz- organism must adapt in order to thrive in a changing environment, so organizations need to adapt to the changing world around them without losing, this is the challenge, to their core identity their reason for being, their core values and purpose. This kind of leadership is complex and fraught with, uh, these are big words, say loss, Loss. fears, anxiety. All those things are challenged when you're trying to adapt to a new environment. You have loss, you have fear and anxiety causing us to feel, listen to this now, off balance and insecure. That is what Mary felt. You have to feel when this angel walks in, which I'm going to read to you in a minute, and gives you this incredible dream about something you never dreamed of in your life, you now have a sense of loss and you feel out of balance. That's part of growing up. That's part of dealing with life. All of us have felt that way. All of us have had moments when we don't feel quite balanced and quite clear. There's always this. Let me tell you, you may not believe this. This is the truth. I just said it to Irvin when I got up. I just said it. I said, how did I get a job where I'm always getting in front of people? And he just laughed like, just get on up there. Let's do it again. It's your third time. Don't be afraid. I mean, there's always that thing in my head. Like, what in the world did I do to get here? Because as you're going to see later on in the sermon, it wasn't my dream. This is bigger than a dream I ever had. And there's something about being clear about what it is in life that I'm managing. Where am I in my life and where am I going? It's a powerful concept. You'll enjoy this series, I promise you. Let me give you, if I can, a review of where we were. We talked about, uh, in answering the question, how do you, how do you, um, how do you, how do you dream again? I said there are three things so far that we should do. One is, repeat with me, Lisa, manage your dreams. We talked about how Moses mismanaged his dreams. He got angry. Sometimes you have a dream, but the problem is you don't manage it right. Your love life, your intimate life, your, your view of the world, your job, your money, your children, your, your own self-care. You, you're not managing that right. Moses mismanaged it, and it affected his dream. Secondly, we talked about in the next sermon, defining your dream. And we said that when you define your dream, you must make sure that you, you don't retreat and that you're clear about where you're going. Watch your choices. There's something about saying, am I going backwards? Do, I, do you look like where you say you're going was the question I ask you. Sometimes you don't. You say you're going there, but you don't look like it. You're a student, but you don't study. Right, really? So define it and say it. What, this is what I want to be. When I look in the mirror, that's what I want to look like. I want to feel this way when I get up in the morning. 
I don't want to be late. I don't want to be apologizing. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm late. You just give you a new name. Sorry I'm late. Because everywhere you go, you're saying, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry I'm late. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. And it's hard not to be that guy. There are times I have to put my foot down since I just will not be that guy today. I want to be on time early, and I want to be here, and I don't want to apologize to anybody. Then the third thing you've got to do if you want to know how you dream again, manage your dreams, right? Define your dreams. And then thirdly, adapt to a bigger dream. Adapt to a bigger thought. Sometimes the problem is your dream's too small. Your family's dream's too small. You must learn to adjust when you dream and change everything around you. You got to learn how to do that. Can you do that? Can you adjust to everything around you shifting? So here's our question for the day. You ready? For the day. Not for the year, but for the day. How good are you at changing directions when the unexpected happens in your life? How good are you? Mary is in the middle of an unexpected moment. She's in the middle of a moment that is not easy, and she's a teenager. Hmm. It's one of the best teenage stories in the Bible. I love that it's a woman, too, because you have your own unique world. You have your own unique insecurities and your own unique issues that should follow you. Physically, emotionally, guys don't have a clue about what you do. That rhymed. You saw that? <laughs> not really. It's not until you get married to one and you live with one. You go, wow, you guys have a lot of deal to deal with. Going to the doctor for you is a real journey compared to us. Everything is different. Shopping is different for you. It's just like, wow, it's amazing. The world is totally different. Things have to be coordinated. Guys just throw on anything <laughs> most of the time. They don't really care as much. There, there's, there are certain things that you, can, you, you can't ignore in the life of a young woman who is faced with one of the biggest changes she could ever imagine. There are three things that Mary um, had for her life dream for her life. Never, I'm sorry, never dreamed for her life. One was she never dreamed of a special assignment. She never thought she would be singled out for this amazing assignment. Number two, she never, she never dreamed that she'd have what's called an unexplainable issue. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. An unexplainable. You ever had something you're just not going to explain to people? It's like, I'm not going to explain that. It's unexplainable. I mean, okay, I'm a virgin birth. One of her teenagers came with me. This is truth. Last, yesterday. And she heard the sermon. She said, okay, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Okay, talk to me about this virgin birth. So I want to go, where are your parents? Where are your parents? <laughs> asking me. And she was relentless. You know, she's, some, she's, <laughs> she's relentless. It's funny. You know, the young teenage girls, the girls here, they're, they're hilarious. Because they, once they know you'll talk to them, they really will talk to you. And, and so they kind of cornered me a little bit. Like, now, and she waited. Nobody was around. I want to explain. Okay, so does that mean? I say, yeah, it means that. That she didn't have anything going on. She, oh, really? So she wanted more detail. I said, okay, where are your parents? What in the world are you? So, she, she, so we kept talking. And she said, oh, so you're trying to tell me nothing happened before. And then, okay, so with Jesus, God just put baby in there. And nothing, nothing happened with Joseph. I said, that's exactly right. So, well, didn't the Bible say? I said, no, the Bible didn't say that. She quoted somebody, and I said, no, that he waited a year. He waited for one whole year. I said, yes, what the scripture said. It was a great conversation. I said, good. God bless you, sister. Hallelujah. It was a great conversation. She's a great kid. Smart, intelligent, and insightful, and just said, preacher man, answer my Bible question right here in person, please, face to face. It's a great moment. And there's something about that moment. There's something about a person understanding this is unexplainable. Hard to put in words. 
So Mary lived with this, this, stain, this stain, this brand all of her life. And some things you can never explain to people. Thirdly, she never dreamed in her life that she'd have this complicated engagement. So she never dreamed that she would have this assignment. She never dreamed that she'd have this unexplainable uh, issue. And that she never dreamed that she would have a complicated engagement ever. Listen to the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Uh, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. This is so amazing. Verse 26, watch this. But when she saw him, she was troubled, is saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not, don't, do not be what? Afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of, of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Say that with him, please, come on. Uh, since I don't, I don't do that. I don't do what it takes to have the baby. I'm not, I'm not, I, no, this is a teenager with conviction. I don't do that. So then she goes on, verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the, most, of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, not the Son of Joseph, but the Son of God. Follow this important, verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month with her, uh, for her, who was called barren. I want you to go verify what I'm saying by checking out your relative who has a baby, who couldn't have a baby. So it's kind of like, you want some validation, girl? Go check her out. Watch this. Behold, the I love verse 37. Well, read this with me, please. For with God, what? Nothing will be impossible. Pause there for a minute. Nothing will be impossible, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Look at her response. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a story. That's amazing. There are three great lessons that you learned from Mary. And there's three reasons why she was chosen. Number one, she would listen. She's a listener. She responded to the bigger dream by listening. Didn't argue with it. Did have a question, but she listened. Number two, she put her fears in check. In order to get to a bigger place, you're going to have to put your fears in check. It is scary to owe more money. It is scary to start a business. It is scary to face your weaknesses. It's scary to say, that's me. Unedited, that's what I'll say, that's what I'll do. There's something about pausing in your life and saying, like Mary, let me, pause. Let me face myself, let me listen, put my fears on the side, and deal with the truth. I'll run from this career. I won't stay in here. I will leave this relationship. And so the angel says, fear not, and she pauses, and she puts her fears in check. You're going to have to do that to get to a bigger place. It is absolutely the truth. Man, wow, do I know that's true. Number three, she kept her moral convictions. And there comes a moment when you have to establish what they are. This is what I will do, won't do. You draw lines for yourself. That's, listen, it's about you. In this generation, there has to be absolutes. And I come, I come from a non-church environment. I keep saying this. I don't know if you believe it. I'm going to say it more in a minute. My morals and values are totally different coming up. Totally different. Completely different. I went back and listened to some stuff that I used to laugh at as a kid. And I thought, wow, you were a long way from where you are today. Some of the jokes, some of the stuff that's vile, I thought was hilarious, was not hilarious. But I really 
really did. I tell the story of a, of a young lady that I met who was very famous, who was on the plane and I met and I didn't know she was, and she tells her really bad jokes, um, vile jokes, she said herself. And, and so we were talking, and I didn't know who she was, and we were talking, and in this amazing conversation, I, I, she told me her story. She's faithful. She goes to church faithfully. She's a faithful churchgoer, tithers, honors God, an amazing story. But her story was like my story in terms of how she sees the, the world, saw the world. Some people have to just pause and say, why do I see it this way? That's the real question. You, there's a bigger dream for you, but it can't work in this line of thinking. It just can't. I'm a student, but I don't study. That doesn't work. You know, I want good friends, but I fight and cuss you. That doesn't work. I mean, you, you just limit yourself. You, no matter what job you get on, everybody's dumb but you. You know what I mean? You, you, you migrate to the same behavior, same places, and so sometimes you have to pause and say, nah, what are my convictions? Are my convictions wrong? Maybe they need to change. You'll see mine, how mine changed in a minute. And then lastly, she was willing to be a servant. Here, behold, you're made servant. Here I am. I'm a servant. I'm willing to do that. The three big questions are some big questions that might help you with your dream, and I thought these might be helpful. This talks about some of my journey. What, what has come up in your life that, has never, that you've never dreamed would happen? What, what has come up in your life? That's the first question when you think about it. What has come up in your life that, that you never thought would happen? Well, let me give you mine. You ready? Five things I never thought would happen. Number one, I never dreamed to be a teacher or a preacher. Never. This is a bigger dream. I'm living in a bigger dream. You're watching me live in a bigger dream than I ever had in my life. Number two, I never dreamed to be married and have a family. <laughs> Imagine that. What? Married what? When you used to ask me before, <laughs> if you asked me about marriage prior to me being married, I would say, how do you spell that? That was my standard answer. I think there's an M in there somewhere. <laughs> I just had a horrible view of it. I, I didn't know anybody that was happily married. Let me pause again. In my whole family, in my opinion, in my opinion, they weren't like people you want to be like. I never, I, 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 how bad do you want to know how I really thought? Let's take a vote. Should I tell you what I really was in my head? Raise your hand. I need all hands up. No, y'all, y'all hands end up. I ain't saying what I'm telling you. My, no, I, I had a horrible view. I thought, I thought well, see, I, I, <laughs> I must have been, oh, my God, 10 years old, if that old, maybe 11, maybe. And I said, man, if I ever got married and my wife tried to divorce me, I'd burn the house down. Both of us would be outside. That was a horrible. Isn't that, did you hear what I just said? That's an arsonist. What is that? This is illegal, right? This is, I'm, I'm 10 years old, but I'm thinking. And I don't know why I remember saying that. I remember, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, somehow in marriage, they take something from you. And if I ever got married and she tried to do that, I'd burn the house down and we'd both be outside. That's illegal. How many crimes did I just commit? No, I mean, hopefully nobody's in the house. You know what I'm saying? This is a horrible kid way of thinking. Where'd you get that? I don't know. TV somewhere. I don't know where I got it from. My mama was never violent like that. You know what I'm saying? I, she never told me to do that. She never told. She never. She not, it was, I just had a bad attitude towards it. I had a bad attitude toward Christian music. I used to cuss when they came on the radio. I told you I wasn't saved. I told you I was lost. <laughs> Did I not tell you I was unsaved? What part about that you don't get? 
I used to hate Sunday. I used to know why I used to hate Sunday because Sunday they cut all the gospel music to be on in the morning. I didn't know what that thing was saying. Jesus on the main. What the, at the main line? I want to hear Michael. I want to hear somebody dance. I want to hear that. I, and it was on all morning long. It was on till the evening. I used to cuss when it come on. I said, I cut that whole. And it, aren't you glad I came to Jesus? Come on. I was going down the road. <laughs> you ain't got to clap like that. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you came to God. You needed to come to God. Bad. Ten years old talking about burning down the house. What in the world? You think I was, but I wasn't raised. I was raised with a loving, patient mama. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, things get in your spirit. You pick up little bugs, little attitudes. Don't know what you got. Watch them kung fu movies too much. I don't know where I got that from. I didn't tell any other service, so we're going to delete this tape at the end. <laughs> I didn't say that any other services. I did. Man, I tell you, so, you know, I, I never dreamed, I never dreamed to manage, watch this now, I never dreamed to have a family. I never dreamed to manage large amounts of money. Millions of dollars? What? Millions of what? I, I, no, I no, I was one of those people like a lot of you. You like to watch millionaires. You're a hundredaire, but you spend all your life <laughs> watching millionaires and arguing about what the millionaires got. Fitting to go to jail over a con. He got a $39 million contract and you ain't got nothing but a $10 contract. But you, you fussing. And see, I, I, I never dreamed though. I never dreamed. I never thought of that ever. Never. Never saw myself. That way. Never, I never dreamed of, to have a, or manage a full-time staff. Like I'm the boss and like they work for me. I, I remember, this is a true story. I remember one time one of our staff people, this was years ago, came to me and asked a question. Uh, Pastor, I want to know about my financial future, uh, you know, in terms of raises. I thought, why are you asking me? Ask Jesus. Why are you? That, but no, honestly, I did not. It dawned on me in that conversation. You are the boss guy. You're the guy that kind of, you're involved in that. And you need to see yourself as in charge. You know, it's, you know, it's dozens of people working. You can't just ignore it. You, you know, benefits, 401k, matching funds, that's your responsibility. You know, it's not just preaching. Your buildings cost money. Lots of money. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. One air conditioning went out 20,000. Another one went out 10. Hey, stop it, thousands. Stop it. Pause. Just bring a fan. Jesus' name. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, I didn't plan for any of this. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't make, a, make a payroll. What? Pay what? Pay me. Payroll. Roll like more people. Laws and rules and government payments and what? I grew up in South Central LA. I didn't think like that. I, I never dreamed to, to have a managed full time and I never dreamed to be an entrepreneur. I, I didn't understand entrepreneurship. As a matter of fact, I, in February when I did the series on finances, you'll see it's amazing how you just can't get to where you can't think. The problem is the way you think. That, that's the real issue. And sometimes God's challenge is, how do you get the guy Dan, on Sunday morning? The, here's the guy. You can see the angels. Okay, this is the guy that's going to be future Pastor Rick. How do we get him <laughs> from dribbling basketball on Sunday, going to the gym, okay, cussing when the, um, when the gospel music comes on and doesn't go to church to be the pastor of the church? That's a long road. <laughs> How do you get that guy from here to there? How do you get that guy married to Diane? Ta-da! How do you change his thinking? Could have just been a womanizer chasing women for the rest of his life. 
61 years old, still doing it, still lost, not able to be faithful, watching pornography, drooling and dripping over, over lost people who are getting paid to deceive you. That's what I could be. Who raised two crazy kids who don't care about nothing and who spend their life trying to figure out why I wasn't where I should have been in their life. This morning, my kids, um, all of them are in the house, right? Everybody comes home for Christmas, right? So they're in the house. And I saw Rick um, come through um, my part of the house, and he ate it, and he's all dressed and ready to go. Daughter does the same thing, and I'm thinking, I did good. They, they, they got up on time. <laughs> they're dressed and ready to go before me. Success. Success. But it could have been. It could have been. If I didn't change the way I was thinking, God, it could have been. You know what I'm saying? This is, you know what I see sometimes? Imagine this. Whenever I see people sitting like this, this is my vision of, of Abe Moses by the well after he killed the guy and ran from Pharaoh and he's sitting there by the well and he's thinking, what did I do with my life? Hmm. What did I do? What choices did I make? Man, so many. Can I go off the cliff for a minute? Do you mind? I'll come back. There were so many fine women. Good God Almighty. Cute girls. Crazy but cute. That I could have went off the cliff with and never come back. There's so many moments when I could have just given up because it was hard. I didn't feel academically successful. I didn't, I didn't have the moral compass. A lot I didn't even know. I was 15 before I even knew what fornication was. I went to church and they told me, I said, what's, what's that? Oh, you can't do that? Well, where is that's in the Bible too. I was confused. I said, what's wrong with that? Nobody in my family ever told me that was wrong. I mean, you know, they told me don't bring no babies home, but they didn't tell me nothing else. That's all I knew. <laughs> Can we be real? Say amen if you're with me. Amen. I just did not have the compass. You ha- I didn't have that. Some of you went to church and you still didn't have it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm honest. At least I didn't know for real. Oh, man. How do you get that guy to a bigger dream? How is God going to get you to a bigger dream? God, I'm out of time. You give me five more minutes? Man. (laughs) So keep going, keep going. Okay, here's here's what I did dream. You ready? Here's here's what I I did dream. I dreamed of a nine-to-five job that paid me a salary that somebody set. That's what I dreamed. When we had career day on the eighth grade, they had a list of careers. I chose luggage handler. That's what I chose. Nothing wrong with that job. It's an honorable job. But that was the end of my dream. I, I, I didn't see past that. Number two, I dreamed of a beautiful girlfriend I would live with. I emphasize that word, live with, but never marry. I never, ever, ever dreamed of marrying anybody. Ever. 
I dreamed of being a good basketball player, but I didn't want to play for the Lakers. But I just didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be in the NBA. You know, I just wanted to be. All I wanted was the day. You know, when you're in the gym, it's the day. I want to make the shot. To, it's all about today. Hey, watch out. It's the move to day. That's all I want. Pow. That's what I want. That's what I want. God, mercy, Jesus. I want. I got to change the name to protect the innocent. I, I changed the name. I want to be like John. John was out there. We were playing on Sunday. We was playing. John had this. First time I ever saw the movie where you, you dribble between your legs like this and then fall away. Oh, it was awesome. And then John said, hold up, guys. Hold up. He walked off the court to the prettiest girl, prettiest girl you ever want to see. And she, walked, and she gave her a kiss and said, ooh, now I can play. And he stopped the whole game to kiss her. <laughs> Came back and hit that shot. So I want to be like, John. <laughs> I want to be like, John. I did. I want to be like, John, man. I, I want to know. Whoa, what? That's it, man. I dreamed that. <sighs> man. She killed herself. John ended up on drugs and homeless. She called me before she killed herself. He said, I never talked to anybody who made me think about God like you. This was after I came to Christ. I was a teenager. I was 17, 16 years old. Not 17. Eight, eh, no, 18, 18. 17, 18. Man. See, it's amazing. How God has a bigger dream. Here's what she said in the letter. She said, no, she said, I got depressed, and so I took these pills. That's all she said. I watched her and John fight. I watched them go through the, you cheated. I watched that. I heard them have a big fight outside my window one night. How does God get you to a bigger place than that? See, I, what if I just stopped dreaming at John? It's not his name. What if I just stopped there? Could have been him. What changed my life? You ready? I got to get out of here. Number one, say it with me, please. Say a spiritual awakening. I gave God interest into my life. God, you're welcome into my life. For real. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a game. When I came to Jesus, I came for real. I really did. I really had a moment with God. First of all, Outside of church, by the way. When I first came to God, I was, I've told the story many times. I was not in church. It was a moment. It led me to a church. But I, my private repentance came with this simple statement, God, I don't like my life in the way it's going. That was the beginning. Secondly, you ready? Secondly. I got broader exposure. I saw life potentials I had never seen. Something about being exposed. That's why I really believe in fellowship in person. I believe in, I, I love streaming. I love the, in, the interaction, but I think you need to be exposed in person. You need, expo I had exposures. I, I think this is part of the exposure, by the way. Don't take this wrong. I, I'm glad you're streaming in and you're, but there's something about exposure. It's something like going to another country. Nothing like it. You can see one, but there's nothing like, one of our friends was here the other day from, uh, she, she works for the United Way and she was here in the last service and 
It was her first time here. And she, I didn't know she was from Indonesia, from Bali, where we went. She's from Bali, Indonesia. And, and I, when she told me this the other day, and, and she, um, uh, <laughs> um, it was almost like her life came on. You've, you've been to Bali? And she told me all about Bali, and we talked about it, and, and how, how and, and there's something about meeting people from other places. Exposure does something to you. And then new relationships. I, must, I meet, met people who made me want what they had in life. And then believe not, this last thing, and I'm done for the day, is academic success. <laughs> this made me hungry for more, and it brought the world into my life. There's nothing like learning. There's nothing like growing in your mind, in your heart. The mistake we make is you watch other people succeed and celebrate them. You need to get in the mirror and ask yourself a question. Who do you want to be? Give me some music. It's time for them to go home now. (laughs) Stand on your feet. Next week, I continue the series. I talk about dreaming what will never come true. Dealing with hindrances to your dream. Imagine that. You could be dreaming something that will never, look at the preacher, man, never, ever come true, ever. Do you know somebody? Do you know someone that never reached their dreams? Can you think of somebody that you know might be interested to have a conversation this week? Say, tell me why, what happened? You were married, but it didn't work. You were, you were, you were in a career, it didn't work out. You went to school, didn't finish. Tell me what happened. And listen, don't talk, listen. And then look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I headed down that same road? Dreaming what will never come true. There's a series I'll do in a few months. It's on, um, um, the first month I'll be talking about your future. You know, how do you dream again? You, first of all, plan your future. Then you deal with your, plan your finances. And then you watch this, you pray for foresight. I'm changing the third month because I really feel that when on the way to church this morning, I think this thing hit me so strong. Ricky, it's seeing ahead. It's preparing ahead. Removes all the tensions in your life. It's simple. Lay your clothes out the night before. You won't stress about what you're going to wear that day. Simple, right? Right. You know you got to get your hair done. Get your hair done early so you won't have to rush and get it done. Right? You need gas in the car. Don't wait till it says E. Then you're on the highway stuck, stuck in traffic and you're praying that God will pump gas in your car when you were sitting at the gas station and you didn't put gas in it because you didn't feel like getting cold. So now you're under pressure because you didn't foresee the evil and hide yourself. What's in your future if you continue down the road you're on now? What can you foresee? that you are ignoring and pretending is not happening to you. Foresight. The Bible says that God foresaw and he preordained based on what he foresaw. God sees the Alpha and the Omega. And believe it or not, the older you get, the more you see. Wisdom sometimes is just time on the clock. That's all it is. I I just understand. I'm happier when it's clean. I'm happier 
I'm happier when I save a dollar and I have 50 cents in my pocket. I'm just happier. And for our church, that's part of the plan. I want us to have foresight. Churches are dying. Leaders are burning out. What's going to make us different? I know friends, and I, I got to end this, but I know friends who lost their buildings. They lost every piece of equipment. Bank took it back. They didn't have it. locked them out of the building. They're meeting in a hotel today. I know three churches like that, personally. This building feels real good to me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm inside. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen. I'm inside. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. But we can't be afraid to raise money. We can't be afraid to have money. We can't be afraid to speak the truth. We can't be afraid to pace ourselves because our dreams aren't going to happen by accident. I want them to come true. When I look in the mirror, I want to say, good job, Rick. Honorable man. Let's go home. Father, I thank you for these extra 10 minutes the members gave me today. <laughs> I pray your blessing upon the word, the message, and all that's been said. I pray they leave you today encouraged and strengthened. And may the hand of God give them peace. With every head bowed and every eye closed. What I said today was a lot about you making choices. If you're not walking with God and you really want to, you want to get your life on track with Christ, I want to pray for you before we leave the building. It's near the end of the year. What better time than now? If you want me to pray for you because you say, you know, what you said about my walking with God, what you said today about adapting to a bigger dream, I need a closer walk with God. I need to get my life in line with him. You may be a cultural Christian, but in terms of your lifestyle and your commitment, you're not really committed to him. Not, not really in terms of time invested. You watch more TV than you pray. You, watch, you spend more time in front of movies and more time doing those things and talking to friends and on the phone. But if you were to really ask you how much are you investing in your walk with God, you're, you're, it would, you would probably say, based on my time investment, it probably says I don't like it much. <laughs> Look at me for a second. I'm sorry. This is, God, this is a weird place to put this. I little grandbaby, a little baby in the church wouldn't come to me. And so Melania looked at me and said, I don't think she likes you. Okay, baby girl. <laughs> the way she said it, like, this is how she don't like you. Would God say that about you? Based on what you give and do and say, you just don't like him. When she said it, I, I, I kind of said that question. I, I just walked away. It's okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a word in that for me to think about. At this stage of the little girl's life, no, I'm not a favorite person. Can we close the prayer? Father, we want to like you. We want our life and commitment to say we like you. If you want to pray with me, you want me to pray for you, say, Pastor Rick, I need prayer. What you just said made sense. Raise your hand. I need prayer, Pastor. I need my walk with God. My walk with God. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 15, 20. Father, I thank you for every hand that's lifted. May this be the moment they say, God, let my life say I like you. Let my actions say I care about you. Let my devotion my giving, my time, my heart, my words, my attitude say, my choices and attitude should say, I like you. Jesus said, everyone that says, Lord, Lord, to me will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, those who love me obey my commandments. So Lord, help us today. Submit to you. 
You died on the cross to free us. You died on the cross to give us an opportunity. Now let us align our lives with you and walk with you and allow you to help us grow and become all you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at this way. Look this way. I like to get you out on time, but did you enjoy today? Come on, did you? I took a few extra minutes. Here's the deal. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.